There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Monday, August 8th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we spend time piecing together what exactly happened Thursday night in Lafayette Park, where four people were hit by lightning. Only one person survived, thanks to the quick response of bystanders and law enforcement who performed CPR right after the incident. We hear from a Secret Service captain who was there when the lightning hit. There was still a downpour. There was still lightning in the area. But that didn't deter the Uniform Division officers from getting in there and providing the aid that these folks needed. And in light of this deadly natural disaster, we hear from a meteorologist and lightning expert to better understand this powerful force of nature that's become so familiar to us this summer storm season. It is a really major problem not just in the United States, but all around the world. So we really want people to understand that you do need to take lightning seriously. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. Megan Clarity is off today. On Thursday night... Breaking news. There's been an apparent lightning strike in Lafayette Park in northwest D.C. The fire department says four adults have been taken to the hospital with life-threatening injuries. And by the next morning... Just in the WTOP, we have learned that two of the people who were struck by lightning overnight near the White House have now died. D.C. police confirmed to WTOP that an elderly couple from Wisconsin was pronounced dead overnight after they were struck by lightning yesterday evening during the storms. The tragic news continued into Friday night. And we have breaking news now on WTOP. We've just learned that a third person has died in last night's lightning strike in Lafayette Park near the White House. The third person to die was a 29-year-old man. D.C. police say he was among a group of four people struck by lightning near a cluster of trees last night. Also killed a couple from Wisconsin. They were in their 70s. One other person is fighting for life this afternoon. The lone survivor, 28-year-old Amber Escudero Contustasis of Newberry Park, California, is still recovering and is listed in stable condition. Her family says it was her birthday Thursday, and before she was hit by the lightning, she spent the day canvassing in front of the White House for donations for Ukrainian refugees. In a post on Facebook, her mom says Escudero Contustasis is now able to breathe on her own, and she took her first steps on Sunday. She still suffers from severe burns and short-term memory loss. A GoFundMe page went up Friday to help pay for Escudero Contustasis's medical bills and her uncertain road to recovery. But what remains clear is that the quick action by Good Samaritans and law enforcement helped save her life. They started performing CPR right after the victims were hit by lightning. Vito Maggiolo with DC Fire says this care was essential. We want to make note of the fact that uniformed officers from both the United States Secret Service Uniformed Division as well as the United States Park Police who witnessed this lightning strike, we want to thank them for immediately responding to the scene and rendering aid. A Secret Service captain on the scene talked to WTOP about what happened and what he saw. My name is Jean-Philippe Charles. My rank is captain, and I'm a watch commander here at the White House branch. 
at the time that the lightning strikes occurred, I was actually indoors, but I can see that there was a heavy downpour. So as soon as I heard the call, I immediately grabbed my rain jacket and started my making my way to Lafayette Park. So by the time I got up there, we had multiple officers already on scene, as well as civilians who just happened to be in the park as well. They were all in there administering CPR. We had AEDs being brought to the scene and applied to the individuals. They were all in the proximity of the base of the tree. There was still a downpour. There was still lightning in the area, but that didn't deter the Uniform Division officers from getting in there and providing the aid that these folks needed. But how and why did this all happen? For answers, we turn to Chris Vygaski. He's a meteorologist and lightning data and safety specialist with the National Lightning Safety Council. Chris, thanks so much for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. So, Chris, let's start with this Lafayette Park incident. You know, now it has killed three people. What do we know about this strike? On Thursday, August 4th, severe thunderstorm popped up just west of Washington, D.C. and moved across in kind of the early evening hours. And it at about 6.49 p.m., the National Lightning Detection Network, which is a network of lightning sensors all around the United States that uh, detect both cloud-to-ground and in-cloud lightning all around the United States, uh, detected a lightning flash at Lafayette Park that struck a tree where several people were seeking shelter Mm. from the storm that had just moved in. And when you say flash, I know there was video of this incident that showed this bolt breaking up into six different bolts. Is that what that means? Yeah. So when you look outside and you see a cloud of ground lightning flash, it often looks like it's flickering. That flickering process is because lightning is made up of strokes. We detect the individual strokes, which are what looked like those six individual bolts. It's just different surges of electricity coming from the cloud to the ground. Mm, mm. And you mentioned it hit the tree. There are photos now of that tree where the people were you know, taking shelter under. There are you know, charred marks, and it, it certainly struck that tree. So how did people get hurt if it hit the tree? There's multiple ways that people can be injured or uh, struck by lightning if lightning first hits another object. So the tree suffered what we call a direct strike, which is the lightning actually struck the tree. But you can also be struck by lightning through other means, one of which is called the side flash, which means lightning hits another object before the electricity jumps into you. There is the ground current. So the lightning hits the tree, electricity goes into the ground, and then spreads out for... Mm a number of feet away from where it initially struck. Then there is conduction. So if a person is leaning up against the tree and the lightning strikes the tree, they are in contact then with the the electricity. And so the electricity comes right into them. Um, And then there's another method, which is known as an upward streamer. So for the tree to be struck by lightning, it has to send up electricity to meet the electricity that's coming out of the sky. But humans can do that as well if there's an electric field around them. So that's another way that people could be struck. Mm. Um, But in this case, it sounds like depending on how close they were to the tree, it would either be conduction if they were leaning up against it or a side flash if they were kind of right next to it. Mm. And as best you can for those 
of us sitting outside kind of the scientific realm and knowing about charges and, and how all those things work. How does a lightning flash, a direct hit, go into a tree and then jump to a person, a human? Lightning is a very, very powerful electric shock. So if you've ever walked across a carpeted floor in the wintertime and you touch a doorknob and you get that shock, you just created a very small version of lightning. Lightning is millions of times stronger than that little shock that you get. It's thousands of times more powerful than the electricity that runs through your walls. Um, so uh, an electric outlet uh, has about 15 to 20 amps of current. Lightning has 15 to 20,000 or more amps of current. So it's extremely powerful. There's a lot of electricity running through there that's trying to get to ground. So if a tree is struck by lightning, the electricity is going to go through the tree, it's gonna go into the ground, but it can also try to find other paths to ground. And if you're right next to that tree, that electricity can jump from the tree to you to then continue down to the ground. Mm. And so let's you know transition right into how do we make sure that doesn't happen? How do we avoid kind of those four types of electrical transference if that's the way, right way to say it, you know, how do we avoid that if, if we're caught in a thunderstorm? Yeah, the lightning safety community preaches a couple of things. One is there is no safe place outside during a thunderstorm. Mm. And two, when thunder roars, go indoors. So anytime that you're outside and there's thunderstorms in the area, you need to start heading to a lightning safe place. And what we consider a lightning safe place is a fully enclosed metal vehicle. So a car, a van, a truck that has metal all the way around it and a metal roof. So don't get into a golf cart, don't get into a convertible, or you go into a substantial building. And a substantial building is something that has pipes and electrical in the walls. When you're in one of those two safe places, the electricity travels through the metal shell of the car or through the wiring and piping into the ground, and it keeps you enclosed and keeps you safe. Mm. And so, you know, let's say we're in a situation where that's not possible if we're out in a field. Is there anything to do at that point? Yeah, you know, if you are kind of out in the open, what we always recommend is that you move immediately towards that lightning safe place. No matter what the distance is to it, if you have to walk you know, to half a mile, a mile, you just keep moving towards that safe place. Lightning isn't that big. It's only about an inch and a half in diameter. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a very small process. So as long as you keep moving towards that safe place and you don't go near something that's more likely to be struck by lightning, like a tall tree or uh, something like that, you can usually get a significant headway towards being a lot safer. Uh, a lot of people still like to recommend what is known as the lightning crouch, which is when you get try and make yourself as low to the ground as possible. But that doesn't actually minimize your chances of being struck that much. So it makes much more sense to walk or run quickly towards that lightning safe place. Got it. So it sounds kind of like an active posture. Yes. Mm. And, you know, circling back to lightning, can you kind of put into context why it should be really respected? How powerful 
are we talking here? Yeah, so lightning you know, strikes around the world billions of times every year. So it's a hazard that people experience every day around the world. It's probably the most common natural hazard that people come across in their life. We mentioned that lightning is thousands of times more powerful than the electricity that runs through your walls. And we have grown up knowing you don't stick your finger in the outlet, you don't you know, come near that electricity. Lightning is significantly more dangerous than that electricity in your walls. It's hotter than the surface of the sun, mm. so it's 50 to 55,000 degrees Fahrenheit. We get hot when it's 100 degrees. This is you know, thousands of times more hot than that. And Chris, how would you respond to someone who says, look, there are risks every day you know, on my drive to work. Why should I be you know, hypervigilant of lightning when the chances are so low of me getting struck? Lightning causes about uh, 24,000 fatalities around the world every year and a quarter million injuries. Um, so it is a really major problem, not just in the United States, but all around the world. So we really want people to understand that you do need to take lightning seriously, even though your chances overall are low of getting struck. If you're putting yourself into dangerous situations, you're staying outside during a thunderstorm or you're not taking the appropriate precautions, that risk goes up. Mm. Well, Chris, thank you so much for walking us through, you know, the Lafayette Park, the tragic Lafayette Park incident and what we should do moving forward. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. And after the break, I talked to a WTOP golf enthusiast about new developments regarding municipal golf courses in D.C. and how three of the world's top golf architects are actually going to renovate these courses. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And before we go, and by we, I mean Thomas Robertson and I. He is the AP at WTOP. Welcome, Thomas. How are we doing? We're doing well. So, Thomas, I brought you in here to talk about golf in the D.C. area. And most Mm. people might think of it as kind of like a country club kind of deal. If you've never golfed, don't think about golf. But there's actually a lot of municipal or muni courses here in the D.C. area that are pretty good. So tell us what you know. Yeah, Yeah, that's... One of my biggest gripes with the game of golf is mm. that it can come off as too exclusive. And right. it's certainly a valid criticism, but I think that some of these courses, especially in D.C., do a really good job of trying to make the game accessible for people and mm. for D.C. residents, which is a really, really great thing. And uh, some of the best examples are the three municipal courses in D.C., and my favorite being East Potomac. And what's great about it is you can play an 18-hole full course okay. within the city limits of D.C., right next to the Washington Monument on East Potomac Park, right on the Potomac River. It's really an interesting—it's it's an incredible experience, really, not something that you would 
uh, that I'm too used to being from Lynchburg playing mm. golf. You have to go out to right out to the burbs, out to the woods to play <laughs> golf. But, but it's right there. It's right there in the city. It's t- like twenty. If you want to walk eighteen, it's like twenty five bucks. Oh wow, really cheap. I mean, and and to get that kind of experience. You come down 16, 17, 18, coming down the end of the back nine, you're looking right at the Washington Monument while you're playing golf. Wow. Really, really cool course. Uh, Langston, I've played one time as well. Langston is one of the other uh, three D.C. Muni courses, which is just packed with history. That's really one of the the best things about Langston and done so much to grow the game within the city, especially for young black golfers in Mm. in the city. Uh, Each hole is actually named after a black professional golfer at oh, Langston, wow. 18th, obviously being the one and only Tiger Woods. So also a really, really cool course. And uh, never played Rock Creek. I played I think Rock you've Creek. played Rock Creek. I have. Creek, yeah, so. I grew up like a stone's throw away from that course. And you are in the thick of it. I mean, you lose balls all mm. the time, but it's all right. I mean, it's a challenging course because you're really – the, the fairways are just narrow because there's trees, a hallway of trees. Right. But it's a fun course. I got to get out there, but – one of the really other cool, exciting things happening is that all three of those courses are being uh, redesigned as part of this big project. The National Links Trust won a contract with the city to redesign all three courses and maintain all the courses. And uh, some really big names in the golf world and the golf course architecture mm. world. Tom Doak at East Potomac, Hanson Wagner at Rock Creek, and Bo Welling at Langston. Those three, uh, Those three groups responsible for... Some of the top courses in the country. So yeah, I was like seeing world renowned and like world's best when I was looking up these guys' names. Absolutely, absolutely. So why are they it, doing it municipal? Like it's, I just think it's an opportunity. Like I said, these three courses, so much history associated mm. with them, and in the nation's capital, I think just it's one of those things where these guys are kind of wanting to give back to the game and really create a project that's gonna give back and get more people involved in the game of golf, Mm. which is always a good thing. And the sport is just blowing up after the pandemic. I mean, so many people are playing now, so the demand is there. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. I've seen it myself going out. I I just love to play municipal courses. I go out by myself and I'll get paired up with random people. And I've met plenty of people just in the past couple of years that just started getting out during the pandemic. It's beautiful to see. I love it. Wow. Well, Thomas, thanks for giving us the latest on uh, Muni Courses in D.C. I love coming on. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You bet. And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We're sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And while you're at it, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media where we post content every day behind the scenes. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and of course on the WTOP News app. Have a good one, and I'll see you tomorrow.